5.4 says, This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith is probably the most common term associated with Christianity. It, it is, in fact, the greatest power in the world. And yet, faith is the least understood and the least used resource that most Christians have available to them. Today, I hope, as we look into God's Word, some of us will hear why our life is as it is. Why we are less than fulfilled many times. Why we are often dominated by circumstances. Uh, upset by meaningless things. Trivia-oriented. Why we have not grown and matured as we ought and why we are ineffective as Christians. Perhaps you will come to understand why you are pushed around by Satan. Why you have had to settle for less than God's best. Others of you will more fully realize and understand why it is that you have found victory as a principle of life. The answer is to be found it is in God's Word. It is here if you want it. That answer is living faith. We read from Hebrews chapter 11 where faith is designed. What is it? It is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things unseen. Now wood is the substance of this pulpit. It is made of wood. And our faith is the substance of the things we hope for. As your faith, Jesus said, so be it unto you. Faith is evidence, incontrovertible evidence of things that are unseen. Now Hebrews chapter 11 has been called the Faith's Hall of Fame. Let's go through Hebrews 11 just briefly to see what might have happened if faith were not the principle of life that God demands that it must be. In verse 7, it talks about Noah. Now, God said to Noah, you build a boat. You may be 300 miles inland. You may be on a desert, but you build a boat anyway. Noah said, all right, Lord, anything you say. Now, why did he do that? Faith. But typically in a modern day church, that conversation might have gone something like this. I don't know where this voice is coming from, but I know you're not God because you're not reasonable. And if I can't understand it, I won't do it. Poor old God would have had to start all over again if Noah hadn't built that boat. By faith, verse 8, Abraham, when he was called to go out from his home... Not knowing where he was going, it says, he went out not knowing whither he went. That conversation might have gone something like this. Lord, this is my home. My family's here. My people are here. I'm not going to pull up and move across country to some pagan land. You find somebody else. And then on down further, verse 23, by faith Moses... When he was born, was hidden three months of his parents. Now that might have happened something like this. Amram and Jochebed were talking. 
And they said, what a beautiful baby boy we have, but Pharaoh says he can't live. And since we better not disobey Pharaoh, let's just forget it and let him kill him. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but chose rather to suffer persecution with God's people rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now that conversation might have gone something like this. Well, Lord, I just don't understand. And after all, isn't my understanding the primary thing? How can I serve you better as a slave than I can on the throne of Egypt? Lord, I think you better think this over again. By faith, he forsook Egypt. Well, Lord, I just don't understand how I'm going to make it over there in the desert. But he did it by faith. Through faith, he kept the Passover. I can see Moses now with his modern analytical mind, if you want to update this. Now, Lord, why should we sprinkle blood on all of these houses? Do you have any idea how hard that's going to be to clean off the paint afterwards? And after all, what good is a little blood against the death angel? By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as though it were dry ground. Now, Lord, we don't have enough buckets to bail all the water out of that sea before the Egyptians get here. And if God's people in His Word had operated the way we try to operate today, they'd have died on the banks of the Red Sea. Well, Lord, how unreasonable is it? Everybody knows you can't walk through a sea. Where's that water going to go? Let's just go let the Egyptians kill us. And if God can part the sea, He can handle our needs. We will not take a giant step backwards. We will go forward because God says so. And we will live by faith and not by sight. Look to living faith. First of all, the basis of living faith, the promises of God. Many do not have what God offers because they do not have any basis for their faith. They do not know why they should have faith. The basis for living faith are the promises of God. 2 Peter 1 verse 4 Whereby, that is through Jesus, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust how are we partakers of the divine nature how do we escape destruction how do we live what is the basis for our lives the promises of God we will affirm that the Bible is the word of God we will affirm that God never yet let anybody down. And then with the same breath we'll say, now we've got to be practical. Faith's one thing, presumption's another. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And the basis of faith are the promises of God. The whole world is, and each of our lives must 
be built on God's promises. What are His promises? Well, His promises are more reliable than circumstances are. Circumstances are never what they seem to be. The promises of God are always good. 1 Kings 8, 56. Blessed be the Lord that has given rest unto His people Israel according to all that He promised. There hath not failed one word of all His good promise, which He promised by the hand of Moses, His servant. So His promises are unfailing. You may believe circumstances if you will. You may cooperate with the devil by believing what you see, but faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. His promises are assured because of God's ability to perform. Until God breaks both arms, His promises are good. And when He does, there will be billions of angels left in heaven to perform His will and to carry out His promises. Romans 4.21, Paul says, And being fully persuaded that what He had promised, He was able to perform. His promises are unfailing, and they are assured because of God's ability to perform them. His promises are grounded in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all of the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. And the end of His promises is eternal life. 1 John 2, verse 25 and this is the promise that He has promised us, even eternal life. And the quality of life is what eternal life is really all about. Eternal life shall never end. But the main thing about eternal life is the quality of life that we have right now. And it is assured because of God's ability. Many do not have what God offers because they have no real basis. Of faith. And the only legitimate basis of faith are the promises of God. If the promises of God are not yours personally, then there is no basis for your faith and you will not stand when life falls in around you. But if you are grounded in God's Word and you may document what you hope for by the Word of God... You have the assurance of Jesus Christ as he said, and I quote, Scripture cannot be broken. Oh, I wonder how God feels when we tremble and quake and quiver and fuss and worry over things that don't amount to a thing. Oh yes, God created the world. Oh yes, Jesus gave his life for us and God gave us the best thing that he had. Oh yes, God preserves His people, carries them through the sea on dry ground, preserves them miraculously, but God can't handle our little problems. You have what you have because of the nature of your faith. And if your faith is grounded in the Word of God, and if you stand on the promises of God, there is no power on earth. The powers of hell itself cannot stand and defeat you. 
The only way a Christian is defeated, and that goes for a church, is by choice. I will not believe circumstances. I will not run because the devil yells the sky is falling. And neither will God's church. We will stand and we will go forward because we stand on the promises of God. And talking of his promises, how about the promise of Jesus? I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The basis of living faith, the promises of God. And then notice the source of living faith. Where do you get it? How do you come by it? Do you take your spiritual vitamins and read the Bible and witness like a good little Christian? No. The source of living faith is God Himself. In a miraculous and wonderful way, God is not just the object of our faith. He is the provider of our faith. He is the source of our faith. Faith is not worked up. Faith is not prayed down. Faith is not scraped up or grown as you grow physically. Faith is given by God. Faith is the gift of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 say this, For by grace you are saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Where do you get faith? God gives it to you. When Jesus was approached by his disciples on the matter of faith, you will find it in Luke chapter 17. Jesus is teaching the disciples, and in Luke chapter 17, verse 5, the disciples say this, Lord, increase our faith. But the Lord Jesus ignored that question. And he began to tell a story. The story of the mustard seed. Their question was, increase our faith. Jesus said, you don't need more faith, you need some faith, you don't have any. He said, if you have, if you had, if you had, in other words, they did not. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this tree, be plucked up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Now, look at your Bible. You will find there a period at the end of a sentence. That's about the size of a mustard seed. That's how much faith you need to please God. You see, it is, does not matter whether you have a little bit of faith or a lot of faith. What matters is what you do with the faith that you have. God has given us faith for one reason. And that reason is that that faith might be given back to Him. Faith is only as good as the object of that faith. And when you place your faith on Jesus, then whether you have a little bit or a lot, it's enough. The source of living faith is God Himself. The disciples did not see their need. They said, Lord, we need more faith. 
Jesus said, you don't need more, you just need some. You haven't got any. And the only place that faith may be had is from the Lord Jesus. We do not live by human reason, which says you prove it to me or I won't believe it. God is under no obligation to prove anything to you or to me. The Bible is the Word of God. What it says is true, whether we accept it or not. We do not live by practicality. Many wonder why traditional denominations and only Southern Baptists among the major denominations are not declining, I might point out. And many wonder and scratch their heads why the church is falling apart around America. Well, they've got that attitude of practicality. If it works, we'll do it. If it doesn't, we won't. doesn't matter what God says. We don't live by practicality. We don't live by human wisdom. We live by faith. And the Scripture says the just shall live by faith and not by sight. And this attitude, if we don't see it, we won't do it, is of the devil. It was born in the pit of hell. What does Scripture say? Live by faith and not by sight. We've got to turn it around. We say, if I don't see it, I won't believe it. The Word of God says, if you don't believe it, you'll never see it. When Israel came to Jordan... The river was at flood stage. And the priests that bore the Ark of the Covenant were going ahead of the people. Now that guy shouldering the left front corner of that thing may have said, I'm going to drown first. He may have said inside himself, Lord, why don't you just part the waters right now? But there was deadening silence on the other end of that conversation. And do you know when the waters parted? When he got his feet wet. He had to believe God enough to walk into a raging river. And when he did, God took it away. And if we weren't always so sore jumping to conclusions and trying to give God a helping hand, we might go forward. You don't have to understand it. God doesn't have to explain anything. We just have to obey. The source of living faith is God Himself. The basis of that faith, the Word of God, the promises of God. And until God dies, His promises are good. And then what is the result of living faith? The only way that one may have a life of victory is by living the life of faith. The result of living faith is the life of victory. Victory is God's will for every Christian, and victory is God's will in the life of every church. And make no mistake, victory is the normal Christian life. Not the usual, perhaps, and that's sad, but it is the normal Christian life. There's always somebody around when a new convert or a Christian whose life has been changed, there's always somebody around who says, well, they'll get over it. They probably will get over it. Isn't that sad? 
you see, they're normal. It's their critics who are abnormal. It is the will of God that every Christian live the life of victory. The Word of God is filled with 8,000 promises, and every one of them are valid today. Whatever you need, the Word of God has a promise that corresponds to it. And when you have found your need, and you go to God's Word, and you find that promise, and you claim it, all of heaven must bow to meet your needs. He promises us soul rest. Many of us often are restless. And when we get restless, we look around and we try to find a cause for our unrest. We look at home. We look at church. We look at the job. Why am I unhappy? Look in the mirror. You are unhappy because there's something wrong inside, not because of somebody else. Scripture says in 1 John, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And in Hebrews 4, 3, the flat statement of Scripture is, We who have believed, there is belief, the action of faith is belief. We who have believed enter into rest, it says. And the unhappy Christian has no one to blame except himself. Because when Jesus rose from the dead... He provided His life to live in you. And if you are not happy, it is your problem. And nobody else's. For we who have believed have entered into rest. And if you are not a restful Christian, your life proves beyond any question that you are not a believing Christian. If we rest, if we live the life of faith, we have the promise of God, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. There is nothing that life can bring that God cannot take and use it for our benefit. There is perfect provision promised. And the biggest giveaway that a Christian has no faith in God is when that Christian is fearful and panicky about physical, material needs, either his own or the church's. For Jesus said, and I quote, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Matthew six thirty three. That whole paragraph, Matthew 6, 19 to 35, it deals with that subject matter. Perfect provision is promised by His Word. And then victory over the devil is promised. You do not have to fight the devil. Jesus has already fought him and come away a winner. All you have to do is resist him. And in James chapter 4 it says... Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Submit yourselves unto God and then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now that's a promise. And if the devil is kicking you all over the place in your spiritual life, it is proof that you are not submitted to the lordship of Jesus. Because if you were, the devil could not defeat you. The result of living faith or the, is the life of victory. Victory. 
Now, what is the basis of faith? The promises of God. If the promises of God are not operative in your life, there is no basis for your faith and you have no strength. The promises of God must be made your own. The source of living faith, God Himself. He provides even the faith it takes to believe Him. The results of living faith, the life of victory. The living out of the promises of God is the victorious Christian life. The living out of those promises. When God says something, you don't have to think about it. When God says something, you don't have to pray about it. It is a cop-out. It is sin to pray when God has spoken. When God speaks, the thing to be done is to obey. Can the God who dried up the sea meet our needs? What are your needs? What do you fancy are the needs of your family? The needs you have professionally. The needs of this church. Can the God who dried up the sea handle them too? If He promised it, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to try to be victorious. You just have to receive victory because He promised it and He will give it. God has promised to meet all of our needs. And what remains for us is that we do it, that we take it, that we faith it. May we pray. Father, I'm delighted that your word says the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. And I'm delighted that we're not bound by human logic. I'm glad that we're not limited to human wisdom and human understanding. Lord, if that was so, there never would have been a people for you to tell us about in your word, for they would have died in the wilderness. And Lord, forgive us when we get the idea that we have to panic just because circumstances are adverse. Lord, forgive us for demanding that we live by sight instead of by faith. Lord, this is your church, and I commit her into your power that she shall not follow the devil's lead and live by sight. Father, there are great needs in homes and in individual lives. There are Christians who flounder and cannot win, who cannot make it. It's because they're trying to do it by themselves. I pray that you would plant their feet on the Word and give them the promise that they require to change their lives. Now, Father, whatever you want to do with us, whatever it is, I pray that you'll do it today. And I thank you that you will. We claim it by faith. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.